Welcome back to Hacker Hangouts on Saturday morning, and we're diving into should TikTok that oh wow TikTok should TikTok be banned in the United States? And this is a complicated one because there's the question of what are they doing anything? Are they doing anything differently than current social medias? Uh, should it be banned? How should it be banned? What uh, is the ramifications of this? Is there better ways of doing it? And we're going to cover all of that. But first though, I think there is a value in saying with no caveats, with no like explanations going around the table, do you think TikTok should be banned? Yes or no? Starting with Gator. Oh, put me on the hot spot. This is this needs to be more qualified. So I'm going to take a pass until we get no, some it's, more it's, clarification. No, hold on. No, 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 no. It's a yes or no. If you are if you are God, if you are king, if you are the dictator of all, would you ban TikTok? Yes or no? Hey, I'm going to do a shocker and say no. In its current operational form, yes. Gulo? Nope. Yeah, that's for everyone. I would say no as well, but oh, it's a hard question. I know I did oh, it because I want to give like eight your different own caveats. Rules. I'm not, I, I won't, <laughs> there was but a I would say, you're about to explain. I'll say no. <laughs> and let's start off with what, like kind of just set, set the groundwork. What prompted this? Like why, why are we even considering banning it? Because I think that needs to be talked about. Like, what are they doing? That's bad. There's stalking. Well, the piece that I think kicked a lot of this off was the, four or five reporters or something that they were stalking their locations of. Um, and they openly admitted it. And then they fired the handful of people that were actually stalking the reporters and looking at their locations to see who was leaking junk from TikTok. Okay. Is the other piece of this is we're one we're going, there is a, we'll say an adversarial foreign entity. And I'm using that from the, uh, the restrict act that they're talking about because they talk about this, this adversarial foreign entity. China's one of them. And they, they have a social media app, which is growing crazy, which is gathering data. And we'll say algorithmic data, metric data, analytics of the platform. And then there's like some questionable things, which other social media might be doing. And then, then that's the other question It's like, what are they doing that others aren't, but that they're gathering all these metrics and we don't really know what they're doing with them. I would assume again, in making saying that like the best case scenario, they're using it to improve their platform, to improve it. And they're not using it to like spy and manipulate things, but they have that abil ability too. that's, is that terrifying or is that expected? So that's where it becomes an interesting conversation to where is it just TikTok doing this or are other entities doing this? And is it because who's owning that data when at the end of the day? Is that the question at hand or what are they doing with the data? So this is a, a it's multifaceted. It's not just a straightforward answer. Well, let's, look, let's just say I, this. Oh, go on, Gowry. Yeah, look, uh, like we're going to throw all the cards on the table. The the people of China are not our enemies, right? Chinese people are not our adversaries. When we say we, there's an adversarial situation, it is 
the governments and then some portions of our culture disagree on the way certain things should be. So there could be an adversarial relationship without us being enemies. Now, the, yes. the, the reason call. why I said yes as to why it should be uh, forced to stop operating in its current form, whether that means forced to completely sell and, and wall itself off uh, with you know not being a Chinese company anymore because it's owned by Tencent, right? Um, or uh, just outright banned from operating in the United States is is a complicated mix of the political realities between our governments and our cultures and the fact that we know in other areas of the market that they over leverage their uh, domestic companies to to commit domestic spying. And there is a worry about and when I say domestic spying, I mean spying on their own people, right? Uh, but there's a worry that that is going to extend to people outside the borders of China. We can disagree that they or we can agree that they shouldn't do that domestically, but we're also not the people of China, so like that that's something they have to contend with. And obviously, I am for freedom of speech. I don't think they should be doing it where i think it becomes a real problem and, and a bigger political question is should we allow companies from china to operate in our borders when we know the chinese government has leveraged those companies to spy on chinese citizens or chinese immigrants in the united states and that's where and and you know, how do you delineate the line where it's like, oh, is it okay for them to do that towards those people, but not towards the US persons? Like, how do you even draw those lines? Like, I, I, and, and that's where I just fall on the side of, yes, in their current forum, I don't think they should be allowed to continue operating. So I want to break this down. Braden went exactly where I was thinking, which TikTok hasn't done anything that Facebook hasn't. And I'm wondering from, I want to break down something you said, which is, the fact that China is doing this on their own people and now they're doing it on U.S. citizens, is it different that a foreign entity is doing it on our citizens versus we look at like Facebook for one? Like if you found out that like if I said 100% certainty, like honesty, like prove, proven on paper that TikTok was doing psychological experiments on U.S. citizens, would you immediately say, ban it, we're done with it? Because if, the, if that's the case, Facebook came out in 2012 that they were doing psychological experiments on their users. And they go, sorry, guys, we apologize. We know it was bad. They were also involved with the like, Cambridge Analytica. That was another one where it was just, this was proven there. And this was, this was an abuse of privacy. So, you know, Google... Google was taking the, doing the text to speech and they were storing that information forever. So I'm not, again, we can say, oh, they're bad. So is your point, and I want clarification here, is that it's bad, it, it's bad that we're doing it. It's worse that it's a foreign entity doing it. Like what's no. the delineation there? No, the delineation is the involvement of the government in Chinese companies, right? The US government doesn't, force u.s companies to have a representative of a u.s government person on the board of every u.s company right and the and the u.s government doesn't have the the we'll say the requirements on their citizens that the chinese government does 
right? Like the Chinese government, you, you should really go look at how businesses in China are forced to operate under the, quote, the party, um, because they're, they're functionally like, and this is why I said you have to separate the people of China and the Chinese government and, and the political realities, because that it's, it's very hard to do without crossing that, oh, well, you're just being racist line. I don't think the, the, the people of China, I, I don't think that this is a bad situation. I don't even think probably the majority of people that work at Tencent and all the engineers, and all they're probably perfectly good people, seriously. And I realize I probably sound a little bit like Trump right now, which is kind of like worrying a little bit. But like, I, I really do believe the vast majority of people working for uh, uh, Tencent and even uh, uh, TikTok are good people, or ByteDance are, 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 are good people trying to do their best to, to provide a platform that people want to operate on and all these, uh, and all these things. The, the thing I have the biggest worry about is that the Chinese government has a hand in every Chinese company and how are those walls built to ensure that, and, and, and this is where I say, and we know that they utilize that relationship to spy domestically. How can we be sure that they're not doing it here? And now that is different than, you know, we have to ask the question, does the U.S. government force Facebook and force Twitter and force these things to do warrantless tracking of uh, citizens domestically? Well, this like, is, and that's, that's, a, that's a different question, right? Like that, and this, this, is is a whole, I, this is very hard. This is where I'm going to jump in and I want to hand it off to Gator because he, he had his hand up before me, but I yep. did want to comment because you're saying like it's there's fear with Chinese having a hand in these companies. But like if we look at, again, the PRISM, the Patriot Act, there was the ability to do warrantless, give me the data from yep. Facebook, give me the data from Google, and we can t and we can make use of this. This is this is is this just completely hypocritical that we're we're saying well, they do it. Again, I I will say, for my opinion, it's, I want to say it's one thing our U.S. government's doing it. It's another thing when it's a, a foreign entity doing it because there are going to be different motivations there, which are which are a little different. Gator, and then it looks like Gula let, wants to talk. Let me one yeah. sentence response to that because it's, it's critical to have it in, in the context. I don't agree with PRISM or those other domestic spying programs either. I think Just all of us clear. I think all of us on this call would say we don't agree with the Patriot Act. We don't right. agree with that. And I will I'll say one more thing and then Gator, I know you wait waiting. But like if we look at the the Restrict Act, it is not in response to a critical thing. Patriot Act came like what two months after 9-11, like one of the biggest terrorist attacks, travesties. Like there was reason where we were frightened and we traded privacy for security. Again, regardless of where you sat on it, like there was an event that happened and then we're responding to it. This one doesn't feel like it's even, I mean, it doesn't feel like it's not in the same level of like 9-11 and then this. Gator? <clears throat> so wrapping all of the, the three or four different tangents that just went there, it comes down to, are we okay with China actually having, uh, the Chinese government having access to all this information from every user on planet Earth versus just their country. And to your point, when it comes to, hey, what about the, the US country? Uh, when we're talking about PRISM, we're talking about these other places. Our privacy online is completely dead. The oh, yeah. 
when it, when it comes to us trying to go through and say, oh, is, is it okay for TikTok to keep on going versus our government? And the, the points in the chat talking about, hey, the warrantless tracking or making sure you should get a warrant. I've got an issue to where even when it comes to like literally ring going through and giving away access to their videos without a warrant, while we have the laws in place to make sure it's supposed to go through a certain process to be able to access our consumer data, it's just being given instead of going through that same process. So for me, it's in larger, our privacy is at risk, not just from TikTok, but from other locations and other corporations as well. I think what makes TikTok a little bit different in the situation is that it has a direct seat, like Gallery was saying, of a government official being there. Our data is already being given away. Without I, also want, I also want to throw this out. Uh, our, our social media companies are not allowed to operate in China, right? So this is not a, like a two-way street. And the, like this is the political realities of it. Given all of those questions, why should a, a, a company like ByteDance, which has some of those crossovers, be allowed to operate in the U.S. when that is not a two-way street? And that is, that's a big po political slash business question as to whether or not we should allow that type of agreement. So I don't think that, to respond to Gary's latest point, I don't think that we should be like, they don't allow us, we shouldn't allow them because they're far more restrictive in their society than we are, or we have freedoms here that we need to protect and deal with. Well, um, as far as the data stuff goes, we already do warrantless searches all the time. The FBI just admitted that they go out and purchase all of this data from the private sector and use it for criminal investigations. That's what they do. Even if we ban TikTok, there's nothing stopping China from going out and doing the same thing and yep. purchasing that data. It's well, literally, this is not a TikTok issue. This is not a China issue. This is about who controls and who's building the great firewall of the US. Well, this is the piece though. I want to come back to something Gowry said, which was, the, and actually Gator said it too, which was this, you have no expectation of privacy. Like, let me just ask theoretical question. It doesn't matter whether you have Google, Siri, Alexa, or whatnot. News comes out tomorrow that, hey, we're sorry. We made a mistake. Your device has been listening 24-7. It's been uploading all of that data, and we've been storing it. From zero being like, like... I, 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 I am not surprised whatsoever, like, or actually we'll say 10 being, I'm not surprised whatsoever, zero being, I absolutely expected like this was going to be like, what level would you be when you, if you found out tomorrow that your phone has been listening 24 seven, 365, zero, would you, you, zero. you wouldn't be surprised at all. That's, that's freaking terrifying. Like, we have yeah. gotten to the point, like, it's just a joke. I was talking to my father about, uh, about this and he was like, oh yeah, like how I was talking in my car about buying such and such. And then I got an ad on my computer that is flipping terrifying that we've come to this point in privacy in our culture, in the internet, that we have zero expectation of privacy. It's terrifying. Yeah. And I just put a, a so, comment in the notes real quick. For the FBI admitting, I know I cut. I'm saying here a citation. Here's the citation in the notes. 
Go for it. So, okay, they're listening to everything that we do. Why do we allow that? Why do we continually support a system that does that? If you're not paying for a service, then you are you're the payment your information is the payment for that service if it's a free service so TikTok, a lot of the last statistics i was reading is 150 million americans are currently using it and we're using it for news we're using it for cooking and dance trends and all kinds of random crap Um, people learn things from TikTok. i a lot of the people i follow on TikTok were like educational things and physics and nasa and stuff that stuff all exists and is super cool and it's an actual service that people are using. If you start removing that versus say an Instagram or a Facebook or a Twitter, Twitter used to be a great news source and now it's kind of dead, but they're all in the same boat. They're all collecting vast amounts of information. This is not, I, I disagree with the whole China argument completely just for the fact of China has their rules, their regulations, their culture and we have our rules our regulations our culture our laws and whatever why does that even matter if they're tracking us and they're storing all of this data we're already doing this the government's already doing this foreign entities are already doing this all over the planet and we have zero control over it we're going to have zero control over it so is there a difference i'm going to go right to gallery with this is there a difference because i want to split this is i think we can all we can all agree that all of them are doing it. TikTok, Facebook, Amazon, Google, et cetera. They're all doing this. Do Is there a separation that needs to be made versus a foreign entity versus domestic? I'm not sure that's where you're going, Gary. There is an ideological component to this, and I will concede that I am uh, probably arguing from that stance. I do believe there is a diplomatic you know, requirement for the U.S. in the position that we're in to try and promote free speech and human rights around the world. Whether or not we do that correctly or, you know, whatever you want to say, that's a whole different question. I'm just saying I do think we are required to push those ideas uh, elsewhere. And one of the ways to do that and to try and force that to happen is to say, hey, China, we're going to ban your shit because we don't think, we don't think, so this, like I said, two-way street. If our stuff, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, whatever else, I don't know what the other social media platforms are. Those are the ones I'm on. Um, If those are not allowed to operate within China because you're doing domestic, because you don't have the ability to do domestic spying on your people and locking down information and all those things internally, why should we allow your similar platform to operate within the United States? That's a different question than the privacy question. Now, on the privacy side as well, I don't think you can just hand wave the fact that China does have a hand in all of these companies and the threat to national security that a handful of government officials having it installed on their personal phone is. Like that's a, that's a real problem. <laughs> so and like it's a slightly different problem than ha- them having Facebook or Twitter installed on their phone because it's a foreign government. <laughs> I I want to give like, I don't everyone a chance to respond, that. but then I want to get to like we'll say the next step. Like what are the actions which could be taken? Uh but final thoughts Gator on this part. So 
I like how Gary went through and put with uh, as the U.S. We're trying to make sure that there is the ability to have freedom of speech around the world. Those are both pros and there's, those are both cons, right? We making sure that there's a platform for folks to be able to do that or having the ability to do that is important from what our our country and society is supposed to be built around. So going back to the beginning question of should it be banned or not, am I going to use it versus if I want it banned, I'm just going to choose not to use this service. Yeah, you hold on, I you're getting I, ahead I, of us. For, oh, for, damn it. You're, I, you're I, getting I, ahead. All, all I'll say, I'll, and this is what I'll say, is like the, the threat to do this, the threat to do this is a political lever for us to try and break through that. And I think that's one reason that it gets pushed and not all of the reasons. I certainly think some of the reasons is getting pushed is just straight racism. I, I, I will contend that. Gula? A little too late. If, if we were going to have this yeah. argument that the Chinese government blocks our social media, therefore we're blocking their social media, we should have done this before half of the country had installed and was using their app. That so is... I disagree with this. Keep going, but now yeah. I, I'm jumping in. Wow. So, yes, we should have things that can be retroactive, but now this is a part of our culture. This is a part of day-to-day -day lives that are going to impact citizens in a real way across the entire country. If we were to argue that this was based off of free speech and we don't want China in here because of the whole free speech thing, then that is that should have been handled from the get-go and that should have been something that started to actually be implemented a long time ago rather than what we're doing now the problem with that is like the manufacturing and uh, how many chips in the routers had like weird firmware installed where all the packets were going to china there there's all these there were all these red flags that if we were going to do this for national security or freedom of speech we should have started implementing this like 30 years ago, but now we're waiting for a TikTok that's doing the exact same thing that all of the U.S. based all of technically all the companies of the world are now doing. And now we're like, oh, my God, look at what China is doing. We have to stop them. We have to stop them now. So that's a bunch I'll, of crap in my mind. I think there's two pieces to go off in this discussion logically. One, I, the thing I disagree with is the the whole, oh, it's that ship has already sailed. It's already done. Like, man, there's nothing we can do about it. Like that one, I take massive exception to it because like the internet is, is very new. Like, sure. It's, it's so old. Social media is not that old. And I mean, the thing I was thinking about is when I've been mulling this over going, what could be done? Because like GDPR and things like jump to my mind is like, we don't really have any privacy, but I want to, there's two parts of this discussion. So I'm gonna, I'll throw them out and then we'll dive into one. One is I want to jump into the act they're looking to pass, the restrict act going like, is that a temporary solution or a solution that we could do? Because that one's targeted a lot more towards like foreign entities and not domestic because then domestic, I do think we have to go what can be done because this is where like the GDRP and or, uh, GDPR in the EU, but we don't have that. Actually, I was curious because I know there are like, there are some privacy laws, but when I looked through them, I was cracking up. I was going, okay, we have the California Consumer Privacy Act, which is great, but guess what? You're If you're not in California, that doesn't apply to you. We have the COPPA, the Child's Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. That's great, but unless you're, if you're over 13, doesn't apply to you. So that's out. HIPAA, 
That's a good one. Now, it's been kind of stripped, but in, it is a law, but it's your healthcare data. So this data isn't under that. We have the uh, Graham-Leach-Bailey Act, but and that's like personal financial information. Doesn't apply here. Fair Credit Reporting Act doesn't apply. The ECPA, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, that's great, and it could, but it's that's on surveillance, not on, that's like on intercepting communication. So when we actually look at the privacy laws right now, they don't exist in the U.S. They're mostly this like handshake between the terms of service privacy policy, but there's not really punishments set in. There's not like, here is your responsibility. We look at Facebook who violated this with um, selling user data. And it was like the slap on the wrist of like, oh no, a $680,000 fine. Where at least like GDPR is like, 4%, like 4% of your total global revenue can be fined, which is in some ways, again, it's better than nothing, but there's like at least things. So I think there's the question is like, I want to put domestic, I'll let you guys respond. And I want to put domestic over here and we'll come back to it. Gula, what were you going to ask? So I should, I should clarify my statement. Yes. The, the ship has already sailed, but yes, we can bring it back to port. The proper way of bringing it back to port is regulation. We have not attempted to regulate first. We're like, there, there are, we're like, hey, if you don't do as we say without the actual regulations put in place, then we're just going to ban you. If we start the regulation process and applies to everything everywhere, then that's a framework that we can follow. And then that can lead to bans later on. And pulling that, Pulling TikTok out of the country at that point, yes, I can see that happening. But being like, no, we we don't like the way you're doing business. We don't have a specific law, so we're just going to ban you. Is there's mm, no. Mm, mm. So I 100% agree. Where if we don't have the structure already in place, just going to go through and say, oh, we're just going to pick on TikTok right now, and we're going to do a, a blanket ban of TikTok. That's not what the bill is currently. But I agree with Gulo to where if we can get to the point where we make a framework that we can say, hey, not just foreign, but also domestic, saying everybody who's collecting data have to play by these rules, then we can have an evil, evil, no, even playing field across all of the different E Corp, Evil Corp. I think a little bit of Mr. Robot decided just to kind of bleed in there a little bit. Yeah, let's let's do this, though. Let's put let's put domestic over here because I think that is a discussion and that is a solution for domestic. But it's not really specific to TikTok. Let's talk about the act they're looking to pass and whether or not this is a a great idea, a bad idea, and this is the restrict act. It's not it's not finalized yet. At least the draft I read was like 56 pages and there was the reason I don't like it in its current form, actually there's many reasons I don't like it, but one of the biggest ones is there's some massively vague language, which they've come out and said, oh, but like banning VPNs. Like this is the one which has been all over. Like I've seen all of the clickbaity titles saying they're going to ban VPNs. And it's like, no, no, that's that. Even the people who have written it have come out and said, that is not the intent. But the language itself could be abused that way. And what we're doing is we're legislating a bill which gives executive authority to do a thing, which, again, 
whether you love our president, hate our president, want Trump, don't want Trump, I don't care because the power sits with the executive branch. When that president moves on, a new president picks it up and they have this power. And if they choose to abuse it in a way, it now goes to the executive or the judicial branch to now say, was that the original intent behind it? So if the original intent wasn't VPNs, because the, the actual language, and I can't pull it up because I don't have it right now. And the actual language is saying t- there's twofold. They're going to go ban. They use this. They ban TikTok. You still want to use TikTok. You use a VPN to circumvent this now ban. That VPN, not VPN technology, not VPNs in total are held responsible. But if you use a VPN in that specific brand, that Nord VPN or whatever it is, garbage VPN lets you circumvent and get TikTok, they can be fined. And while I put it in the same line of, oh, we'll say the cop- copyright laws, like you wouldn't download a car, uh, you, you wouldn't download a movie, um, or you wouldn't steal a car, that's what it was, where you can be held, if you circumvent it, up to like $250,000. Like I would, I would say like that, most no, they're not going. They're not going to use that to sue individuals for two hundred fifty thousand. If you if you have Facebook, but the language is vague enough where that's deeply concerning to me. Ah, so I'll, I'll throw it there, and then I'll, then I'll I'll pull it back. What are your guys' thoughts? Is is the restrict act a, a good idea in this moment? Because part of me feels like it's a passion passing of a law kind of like the patriot act it's two months we the banning has been gotten to the top of our heads and we're like let's go past this and that will solve it so i'm gonna say that in its current form no it is not what we need to go through and pass and as we've seen when it comes to if people have been watching the hearings and seeing hey how our congress critters are going through and interacting with these ceos from these different corporations they don't understand what they're going through and asking and talking about. So they're now leaning on their aides and their aides are trying to go through and understand this information. And since we're not involved as much as we should be as technologists, as privacy folks, as people in InfoSec, uh, there's a lot of unknown items or misconstrued items in this bill. And uh, to your point, Silicon saying, oh, that was not the intent of the bill. I absolutely agree. If it's written in a certain way that could be redefined at a later time frame, that is the problem. We need to make sure it's very, very clear from the start. Yeah. Um, so, and, and quoting Squiddy P, Squiddy P says, uh, executive authority is the problem. Executive authority is not actually the problem, right? The The legislature does not have an ability to enforce laws. Executive authority the executive is the one that enforces and implements the laws. The problem is executive discretion, right? So when you have these vagaries in these uh, these laws, it allows the executive to interpret the law however they wish. And then depending on the current political minefield of the courts, you can either get the courts to agree with you or disagree with you. And the original intent of the law is completely irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Once it's law, it's whatever the words say and whatever the the, the benches are willing to uh, agree with. Um, but yeah. so, it, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say another question which came up, which kind of ties into this. Our problem now is that our legislatives know nothing about InfoSec. That's from Wi-Fi. So I wanted to touch on this. So 
our current legislature doesn't really like when I say legislature, I mean the elected representatives don't really write the laws. You know, people say we have a shadow government of companies and lobbyists and all these things. A lot of times it's it's actually the the congressional aides that produce the laws over time. Right. And a lot of these folks come and go with uh, with representatives and a lot of representatives inherit some aids from prior representatives, depending on whether or not they're the current party or the passing party or whatever. But those aides are the ones that are largely tasked with coming up with uh, the language that ends up in these bills, because you can't expect a single person uh, elected representative to be an expert on every single possible topic that's going to come up. It's just unreasonable, right? So the aides of Congress are the ones that end up uh, authoring these bills, and they do it with the help of input from from the industry that they're trying to regulate, usually. And that's where we get this idea of lobbyists being disgusting uh, cockroaches because they they slip in all these things. So, so yeah, I, I'm not going to contend that that's not happening. And I'm not going to say that... Um, I'm not going to say that, you know, Facebooks and Twitters of the world aren't trying to put a thumb on the scale and get rid of one of their biggest competitors. I absolutely think there's a good chunk of that. Now, that said, going to what Silk said, where, you know, the vagaries that are still in this bill and not clarified, that could be interpreted in, in XYZ way. That's where I, I think um, this is the do we do something or do we do we wait for the perfect solution situation when you know that whatever gets passed is going to piss a whole bunch of people off? Um, while at the same time, a lot of those people also think something has to be done like this. Like this is how the sausage gets made, man. Like there's going to be cracks in the bill that allow uh, for and, and I'm not saying all right, let me walk this back. So I'm going to say that those vagaries and things some of those things are going to slip through whatever passes. This does not mean I agree that this particular bill should pass. And and I, I do think the reason why it shouldn't pass is for the same reason that some of these vagaries and uh, executive discretion problems, if you will, should be clarified uh, very, very clearly. I think one of the things where I've looked at it, if you read through the bill's not hard to read. I will throw it out there. Like if you are interested you can kind of skim through some of it. There's the legalese, but then there's like some call outs. Like again, when we talk about this foreign ad, ad, um, adversaries, it lists out, these are the countries in which we are, we're targeting. It's not that it, I've seen like this, a lot of the headlines are all, and I, I, hate, I don't want to spread misinformation or anything like that. A lot of the headlines though, are just massively wrong where it's like, it gives the executive branch to ban anything. And it's, it's, it doesn't really, there's, there are some conditions, like it has to be owned X amount by a foreign entity. It has to do this. But the thing which is concerning to me is like, there's very little technical information. And same with like a lot of these privacy things. There's not a, like a sifter, which says, here is the expectations. It needs to like, the data needs to be in, uh, encrypted or enigmatized. Like, for instance, Google Analytics kind of went through this thing and Monomo went through these things of like, here is how you can do enigmatized data where you, you get the data, but you don't know what individual it's attached to. You can even give ads to that individual. And again, I say that individual, like you don't know who the individual is. They're just a number in a system, but you have the information attached to that. And then there's this, this damaging way where you can like attach that enigmatized for either way. I digress. 
there's not like a sifter to say, here are the standards that if you want to do business in our country, here is the expectation you need to go through in order to like get the thumbs up, to get the green check mark, to get the blue verified Twitter thing, which you have to pay for, which gosh, I, I, it felt like a joke as I was saying it, but it starts feeling like a, a pay to play type scenario with how it is right now. Like it feels like a lobbyist can just be like, Hey, here's the money. And then all of a sudden they get the, then they, then they're, then they're through because there's not that technical sifting that has to happen. Regulations. So let's talk. No, I, like, I'm going to, I, I, I want to throw this out there real quick because there's this idea that Twitter and Facebook and friends operate pretty much without any regulation or oversight whatsoever. And, and there is this idea that they, that they, that they are capable of doing this, but uh, Elon Musk has learned this the hard way that that's not exactly true. The FCC does monitor uh, these companies and <laughs> Uh, like Twitter was operating without, I forget what the, uh, I forget what the team is that interacts with uh, the FCC uh, for these things, but they were operating without their team and they violated some agreement on uh, specifically on privacy and their ability to make changes without uh, informing the government first. Like there is a point at which a company becomes so large that the government actually says, okay, we have to like, y- you have to clear certain privacy things with us. The SEC um, has that too. In violation. Yeah. Adding to it, it, the uh, the SEC has requirements SEC. as well. If you're a pub, if you're a publicly traded company, so like there there is some the and and like this kind of goes back to a lot of things that that you know we want to talk politics and we're definitely talking politics at this point. There's a lot of laws on the book that we could leverage to uh, 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 regulate these companies that we just don't enforce. So laws passing a law is one thing, enforcing it is another. I want to hand it to Gator and then I'm I want to kind of bring us back to this point of the question. Gator. There was a lot said there to try to wrap on that subject on on the the issue that I see currently at hand is that since we don't have a even playing field on making sure where our data is actually going, that's the main issue. So hold and on, I want I want to I want to target us because we're I don't want to get us away way in domestic. We need because we talked about regulation and we talked about oh, right. and and we I want to keep it strictly on on TikTok. Is this the bill to solve this issue of of the impending TikTok? No, it's not. Straight up, the end. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, this is this is the band hammer, right? Because it's not equal across everything at this point. Okay. So this is where I think I want to, I want to close up this section of the conversation, which is it is this bill, the, the mechanism in which we can, which we can ban something like TikTok because there's two, there really is two different topics. There's like the domestic and whatnot, but they go hand in hand of, of TikTok. So I think the next step is talking about what does that sifter look like? What is that regulation, which hits foreign entities in one way, because I do think that's one thing the bill kind of has right. It doesn't have the sifter, that sifter which we can use for domestic and foreign, but it has some ability to be able to target what is a foreign entity or a foreign controlling entity inside an application. So 
that's the piece I think they have right. I don't think they have necessarily like, should we ban it? I think the overarching question I want to ask before we talk about, uh, we'll say banning or the domestic sifter is whether or not, and again, this gets a little political, but whether or not we should even ban anything. Because like how it's written right now within the bill, like Kapersky antivirus, I'm, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but that Kaspersky. Thank you. Uh, I again, stents in my nose. That's, I can't pronounce half the words right now. Not that I could anyway, but it would allow us to ban that the antivirus. And mm-hmm. that's on a lot of people's computers. It's looking at that. And the question I have to ask is if I want to download a virus, if I want to do, if I want to do the dumb thing, should, do I need the government's protection to protect my privacy? Or is that an overreach? Like we talk about like the freedom of the internet. Do we want a great, U- because this feels, this, it starts to feel like this is the start of the great U.S. firewall. We have the great China firewall. It Do we, is this like, does this open up the door where they can now, you know, start regulating versus do I want the freedom to do the dumb thing online? I think, and this may not make a lot of sense, but in my mind, it's the default is protect the standard citizens from X, Y, and Z, but allow the tech savvy people, if you will, to circumvent. So, okay, there are regulations that involve this. And because of those regulations, it is the default that this is off, but standard Gulo can go out and in and install this can set this up can use a VPN and set these things up it's um, like viruses I used to belong to a group we used to trade viruses back and forth we would do reverse engineering of viruses but there are some like gray areas in the laws of I'm now sending viruses through email or through Google or some other way of going back and forth and things like that yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of things with that. Now we were very careful. We had all these rules and regulations in place as the group to protect the internet and other people of this, but it was a necessity that we needed to do the research against that type of stuff. And there's a whole research aspect to it as well. Standard users, I think should be protected because I don't expect 80 year old I, Joe Biden to know what he's doing. I, I, versus... This kills me though. He's like, I want to agree with you again, because, because I'm a tech expert and ooh, uh, but like the, the kicker is, is like it creates what we'll say is mm, like almost two class, two classes of citizens. If you're smart enough, you can have freedom. If you're not smart though, you're protected by the government. Like it, it feels like that. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but it sounds like, well, the general population, like, if we had the Chinese firewall here, the Chinese people have an ability to circumvent it. Now, at great risk, at great risk. We're not talking about the things like with the United States, like, oh, you can bypass it and get it. But now we're saying, like, if you're smart enough, you can bypass it. But for the general population, they're not. And then this increases a giant risk because now I can put, here's how you circumvent it through my VPN. And my VPN is the one you circumvent it. And that creates this whole level of, like, additional security concern because now I and my VPN have the ability to track all these people circumventing them. Gator. Doesn't it just come down to corpos? 
when it comes to not going through and being per country. This comes down to where's our data flowing? And since we don't know where our data is flowing, who owns that data, it doesn't matter who and where we're talking about at this point, right? We, we have no insight of how much information is being leaked out. Now, the comment I want to look, look at right now is, is there, a, is there any known mechanism that prevents the U.S. version of TikTok data being seen by the Chinese version? So we don't, that we don't have a, a U.S. version, for one. The other piece I was going to say is uh, within TikTok, this is one of the things that came with the CEO talk, talking. They have this Project Texas where they want to move all the TikTok data centers over to Texas. Uh, they'll be ran by U.S. citizens. They'll be ran by U.S. security teams. There have to be massive transparency. So I think this is where the trans... I'm, I want to go around the room again, but then I want to talk about domestic. Because let's say Project Texas, look, Wi-Fi addict, very much appreciate the comment because it brings us back to, let's say TikTok does become a domestic company. I'm not talking about ownership. They have, they, he kind of said, as said during that interview saying, Hey, I'm not, we're like, it doesn't solve the problem if I'm not the owner anymore, though there's things to be said there. But if it becomes a domestic, if they follow us data, data centers, security teams, transparency, and all of that, now they get regulated the same as a domestic company. I've said a lot. I want to spin around the room. Uh, Gulo, you have your hand up. So we're talking about the whether or not you're smart enough to do something. I just point back to Tide Pods. There's a warning label on there that says do not eat. And I'm sorry, if you eat the Tide Pod, then you're trying to bypass the government restrictions that were protecting the standard citizen. Now, it's a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum of I'm dumb enough to eat the Tide Pod versus are you smart enough to bypass that type of security? But that's, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of analogies I think I could draw with that though too, because you'd also say guns. Like there's right, there is regulation around guns. We've talked about more or less, but like if you want to do the dumb thing, you can do the dumb thing. But then you say with Tide Pods, oh, if you want to eat them, you'd eat them. Like there's a balance of regulation to be had around Tide Pods because you can only really affect yourself with those. There's another level of regulation around guns, which you can affect other people with. So I think there is, I don't know if it's an exact analogy. Gowry? Any, any, anytime you say a statement like, oh, you know, Tide Pods, you can only really affect uh, yourself with those. I'm immediately terrified <laughs> because you've just given Gulo an idea. Uh, you're like, how can I've I already put that statement false? I already put Tide Pods in bath bombs so that you could clean your clothes and yourself. <laughs> all of a sudden I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm living, uh, in princess bride or like something like that. He's like, I've been slowly building up a tolerance. Like I'm going to be sitting, uh, sitting across from Gulo at DEF CON sipping coffee. And all of a sudden I'm going to start feeling sick. And he's like, I've slowly been building up a, to a tolerance to tide pods. You know? And I, I so <laughs> now I want to get back to, so the, there's, there's a, there's like three different conversations being thrown around right now. I want to focus explicitly on what Gator said with, isn't it all about corpos and, and, and how our data is flowing and, and all these things? Yes, but no. <laughs> That's the yes, problem. <laughs> we have a complete lack of we have a complete lack of privacy regulation in this country. We all agree on that problem. We all think that that needs to be solved, and that is the base of a lot of these problems. But you cannot ignore the foreign government issue. You cannot ignore that. And these are two 
fundamentally separate issues, right? So that that's my one response to that is you, you have to spend you you have to ask those hard questions about what do we want to allow a foreign government to do in our country and enable in our country. And I don't think they are easy questions and I don't think I have all the answers. I just think that it is not all about corpos. And then the the flip side to this is the more you regulate those corpos and the way our, our data privacy, you're handing more power to the government. And that is something that is generally very anti-US, you know, domestic thought where we're just like, oh, more government overreach, blah, 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 whatever. Right. So like th these are these are hard, these are hard questions. These are hard questions, ideological questions. So no, I don't I don't think it's just a corpo thing. Um yeah. Okay. So I I'll still stand by my statement on saying, okay, I'm going to go corpos. Um, but what I'll go through and say, uh, in addition to that, is, and I, I love being able to go through and pull this, getting involved with your local uh, <laughs> your local government is important. Up higher is also important. Yeah. One of the phrases that I got to go through and use back when I was in city council was WTF. Where's the funding? Oh, follow gosh. the money, baby. <laughs> so if you can follow the yeah. money whether we're talking about uh, corpos or not, or lobbyists slash sponsorships, it's not that different. But that's my two cents. I'll hand it off to Silk since he's got his hand raised. Yeah, I mean, like, let's stop. I, 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 <laughs> I want to shift on over to, okay, TikTok becomes a domestic company. Like, we, ha we have separated. I don't think we, we haven't, like, offered, like, here, here is the solution. Like, here is what we need to do. I am going to ask the question whether or not we should ban it at the end, so I'll be looking for answers. But I want to talk about it's a domestic company. We we TikTok's now domestic, and all of our social media are domestic. What is the solution? Like in an ideal world, again, you're you're king, you're god, you're the dictator. What would you build as a framework for domestic companies that would say you this is the Consumer Privacy Act, or like this is our equivalent to GDPR for the U.S. Now. I'm going to comment on this right before we dive down so all you guys collect your thoughts. GDPR is not perfect. It was, I would say, like the first pass, and there's been issues with it. Heck, as of today, Italy banned chat GPT within the country because it violated GDPR. Now, oh, like, and this is frustrating because you have this emerging technology with large language models. By the way, found an awesome open source project where you can run your own GPT-4, which is amazing on your local computer. Um, but you have it's not perfect. So if you were God, if you were king, where do you set the sifter in what regulations would you say on a domestic companies? So I think um, on like the extreme end, and my apparently my connection just went uh, to garbage. Uh, so that's all right. Your audio uh, sorry sounds great. For the um, I I think on the extreme end, the way this looks like is like, uh, you know how uh, internationally we have like nuclear inspectors that go into other uh, you know, uh, nuclear power plants and enrichment facilities to ensure that people aren't making weapons or they're within the confines of our treaties. Like there is a, in theory, we could have like privacy inspectors that go into these companies and see whether or not they are actually adhering to end to end encryption, whether or not they're actually 
you know, doing doing these reviews of how they implement various levels of privacy, whether or not they're adhering to their own privacy policy. And I think a blanket banning of selling out your privacy because you click the I accept button uh, should just happen. Right. Like the the EULAs are garbage and they they should be made as null as possible um, because they effectively allow uh, uh, companies to write federal law in in some cases. Like the, the way that the, the law is written today turns a EULA into uh, whether or not you're committing a crime based on how you access a company's website. And that that's a real problem. So I think. Number one, a massive overhaul of uh, the consumer's interactions with end-user license agreements. I think that's step one in order to ensure that clicking the I accept button doesn't just sell away your privacy. Um, and number two, I, I do think some level of government inspection of large companies to ensure that they're adhering to certain levels of privacy required. And I think we already have that for certain things like HIPAA. It just needs to be applied more blanketly to large companies like this. I think one of the things I love when I'm looking at licenses, like GitHub licenses, there's this whole like explain it to me like I'm five website. I think it's like licensing in plain English. It would be nice if EULA's actually had to have that explain it like I'm five of this is the data we use. Here's how we use it. And they need to be more finite. I think Android does this better when you install an application. It gives you more finite detail where Apple, I like their privacy. It's more like, for instance, on TikTok, do you want to share your contact list with them? It's like, no, I don't want to share my entire contact list. Um, I would like the ability to be able to like find friends who also have the account, but like, what do you do with my entire contact list? And I, I think like that's one piece. Something you also said is like third party. I don't think that again. I'm not the. I'm not one who's like don't trust the government and they're gonna d d ruin every regulation. I'm like, but I think there is value in having a third party, like an EFF or something like that, who you have like a a, a list of third party independent auditors, which is like, here is your policy, like most regulation. Here is the framework which you have to adhere to. Here is the policy of here are the things we say we do. And then have a third, then you have to collect evidence on here is the evidence showing that we do what we say we do. And then have an auditor go check those things, staple them together and say, yes, they are doing what they say they're doing. But that, I that's think functionally like, how that works today in the United States. And, and this is, and, and I'm going to tie it all the way back to what I said in the beginning, which is, that's basically for the areas where we do have privacy rights, things like HIPAA and things like it. That's how it works. You, yep. you hire an independent auditor to show that you're in line with the because the government doesn't have the resources to do it for every company. Right. So that's the way it works today. The way it works in China is they have a representative of the state in the company to ensure yeah. that they're following. And that that is what underlies my entire opinion about this topic. Is that that's a that that's a great is point. a huge difference between the two things that we're currently seeing. I think the other thing I would add here is while we have a like a comprehensive data protection framework, like which we don't have right now, 
I think the other one is an increased transparency with companies that companies need to talk about their data practices. Those need to be public and those need to be audited beyond SOC 2. Like, because that's where I think a lot of places hide behind and they're like, oh yeah, SOC 2. But the, the fine print within SOC 2 is that you set the scope as a company. I could have my entire, whatever application I built. Say, say I was like a, a, a crypto bros exchange or something like that. I could actually set, set the scope of my SOC 2 to like all the physical con security controls, hold my stuff in AWS, and all of a sudden I can be SOC 2 compliant without my application even being looked at. Like I think that's one of the things the new like a new privacy framework needs to do is set good scope on what needs to be included, what data needs to be included, and then there has to be an increased transparency around it. The other thing I would do is, and two other pieces is like, this is like a bold statement, like empower the citizens with more control over their data and privacy settings. I think this is something the California Act did really well, like the right to be forgotten and things like that. The ability to say, if I delete TikTok, my data is gone. It's almost impossible because that data feeds back in and like there's mm -hmm. obviously technical complications, but that's, there's not a lot of control you have in a lot of these software. You use the app, this is your privacy. You don't use the app, you don't have to worry about privacy. And then I think also it has to be, there has to be simplicity and there has to be accountability. I think that's one thing that is massively short on all of these frameworks coming out. Like that's one thing I think GDPR gets right is that there is penalties. It's not like, oh, slap on the Rick, like Facebook, you just totally like, got like, like oh no, $600,000. Like it is a massive penalty within GDPR, which is like 4% of your global revenue. So I think those are some of my, my thoughts on it. Gator, Gulo, thoughts? If you were God and King. All right. I'm going to say if, if we were, long story, short. Everyone foreign and national has the right to know how and where their data is being used and it's easily accessible. One blanket statement. If we're talking about the accountability, I will agree with you that GDPR does a better job than the California Consumer Protection Act because in my opinion, the GDPR has teeth as where the California Consumer Protection Act, the biggest fine I think is 7,000 per person, which sure, if you stack that, that's great. But then that's also about the same time frame that people picked up from California, moved out of Silicon Valley and Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. Wow. Uh, and moved somewhere else to go through and do so they didn't have to worry about those, which is just nuts. I think one of the issues with it is right now, the internet's very young and it's very hard to assess damages. So anytime like a lawsuit happens and whatnot, at a certain point, they say, where on the doll did it hurt you and how much damage is there? And that's where it's hard. Because right now, and this is why I think we've gotten to this point of like, I don't care about my data. You don't care about the data. It doesn't matter if Google's listening because we don't know the downstream impact of this data for years and years and years to come. And I use the example of maybe even SSL encryption. Like when SSL v2 was a thing, it was secure, it was encrypted and whatnot. And ISPs could just collect this data in treasure troves and whatnot, but they couldn't access it because they couldn't make sense of that data because it was all encrypted. Later comes along, SSL v2 is very easy to crack, and now they have plain text of all that data with large language models on the massive growth to be able to make sense of this massive amount of data. If we might not know the impact of the privacies we're giving up now for 
decades to come where they can actually start yep. making sense of all this data being collected. That's one of the things I'm fearful of and why I think we need better regulation now or a better framework because we don't know what the end, end result's going to be in 20 to 40 years. Cyber, with, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> just, you know, so with that, basically. though, I'm going to throw it out as, as two, two more questions, which is, first question is, so after our discussion, would you ban TikTok? Yes or no? Gator. No. In Gower? its current operational form, yes. Gula? Nope. And I would stick with no, which I surprises me a little bit, but mainly because I think at the core of my belief, I don't like the idea of I think this is the 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 finger in the, the I don't know, the finger in which which allows things like restriction on the, the internet, which I want to be free, which again, I know that's not, that's that ridiculous statement of I can just throw freedom in there and it sounds great. I will say this, the internet feels, well, it feels like we've had social media forever. The truth is like, it's not that old. There's so many exciting things and I would be so, mm, I would be remiss in thinking that we banned TikTok when that is like the cusp of what a new social media could look like. Again, we went from like, goodness, MySpace and Zanga, which was like personal blogs. And then we went to like Facebook and I never felt like I was like connected. And then there's like Twitter and stuff like that. And then like YouTube, I guess, kind of sits in it in, in TikTok. And I love the idea of having social media like, oh goodness, draw us into cool communities. I don't know what those are. And I want that. I want connection with you guys more. I want connection with other people more. I want to get to that. I want to find my tribe better. And that's what these represent. But I still want, still want my privacy. I want all, I want all of that. I want my cake and I want to eat it too. So what are your thoughts on that? Are you excited? I'm always excited. There's always more projects to do. Um, one of the things I'll say to, to wrap up mine would be we have never been so connected around the world to where I can literally VoIP call or video call somebody on the other side of the world right now. And having this much interconnectivity around the world is absolutely amazing. And I would hate to see governments go through and start sectioning off to where we now don't get to talk with the people on the other side of the world. Separating from governments. Let's talk about humanity as, as itself. So for that linking back in you got to go love your hacker family uh I, I i will say probably the most uh a controversial thing uh on this stream which is increasing connections between uh these different groups is not always going to create good results and so we have to be more careful about we about how we go about doing that uh, because that's how you actually generate instability in a lot of societies. And so just saying we should increase the connectivity isn't uh, the whole story. It, it, it needs to be, you need to dive into that a little bit more. I'll leave it there. Gula? Remove the warning labels, reinstate Darwinism. <laughs> <laughs> I think with so much going on, I love this discussion. I mean, I think the main reason I want more social media is as more ways of shamelessly hanging out with you guys and friends in chat. 
Thank you for joining us on Hacker Hangouts. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. I know I did. Uh, as always, thanks for watching and hack on.